Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're with us. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for uh, pretty much as long as there have been Christians. Can we get that up on the screen for us there? The little, uh, do we have the little Lord? Be- oh, there it is. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Just in case you'd forgotten. Or for the folks at home, just to make sure that they knew what to say back to their phones as they're sitting there watching this whenever, whenever you're watching. So uh, we really do believe that God meets us here, that he gathers us together. Whether we've gathered here in the room or whether we've gathered online, uh, we believe that God is present with us. Pray with me, will you? Father, we do ask that your light would shine down on us. Some of these days have been dark days that have needed your light, Lord, more than anything. Some of us are facing those days when your light is the only light we do see. Thank you, Lord, that not only will you shine that light, but you desire to shine your light on us in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, whether they're easy circumstances right now and things are good and things are wonderful and things are blessed and you are pouring yourself out on us or Lord whether things are not so much things are difficult and we're struggling and we're still isolated some of us Lord and we just need to see your light thank you Lord that you are pouring their light down on us even as we ask even as we seek Lord, I thank you for each person that's here this morning, both in this building and will be in this building later for second service. And Lord, for those of us who are joining online, thank you for each and every one. Thank you for each circumstance, each family, each individual, Lord, that is represented by every person attending. And Father, I just pray as we are in this service this morning that you would speak to the the each heart that's seeking you this morning. Lord, speak to each heart that maybe isn't necessarily seeking you. You've promised that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So, Father, we're asking you to draw near. Draw very close, very sweet, very strong in your gentleness. And be with us through this service Be with Pastor Rich as he brings your word to us. And may everything we say and do be pleasing to you, Father. We give you all the praise and the glory because you alone are worthy. And we pray this in your name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. As you be seated, go ahead and wave to folks. We're not quite ready to walk around and greet each other yet. So wave to each other. And, and Pastor Rich will be coming up and sharing some announcements with us. Thank you, Pastor Judy. Anyway, just by way of announcements, uh, uh, if you'd, we would love to connect with you, and uh, especially with those of you who are watching online and we don't have a chance to see that you're with us or to, to ask you how you're doing and, uh, or to see how honest you're being when we ask you how you're doing and you answer. Uh, so go to livinghope.info slash connect, fill out that little digital connect card and uh, let us know that you're with us. And um, we would love, you can do that here in the room too if you'd like, or you can grab one of those little green cards in the back that are by the offering box. And if you're giving today, uh, you can do that same thing. You can drop a gift in that box or you can go to livinghope.info slash give and, uh, and 
give right there. That makes it pretty easy. I know Stacy and I really appreciate that being available to us. Uh, one thing that's, uh, that's coming up, it's less than a month away now, is the uh, Global 6K for water. Uh, hey, Linda, can we get that little picture of the 6K up there? You might have to dash through a couple other slides there. Hey, there it is. Uh, just to remind you, uh, we, uh, let's see, we've got 57 people right now signed up. Uh, personally, I would love to see us hit 100 participants, uh, in part because someone talked me into uh, shaving my head into an orange mohawk if we hit 100 participants. So. But also because every participant is somebody getting clean water. And, uh, and that's much more important than seeing me with orange hair. Um, <clears throat> so if you have not yet signed up to join the team, I would love for you to go to valpo6k.com, join the team. Uh, you can just make a donation too if you'd like. Uh, you can sponsor somebody else going if you just make like a team donation and let me know, hey, that was to help somebody else uh, sign up. We've got a couple people we've already signed up that way that can't afford it themselves and some of you have helped them to, to get there. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I would love to see you go to valpo6k.com, join the team. And uh, I can't remember how much we've raised overall now, but our goal is to hit $7,500 total, and uh, that would be 150 people with clean water, just because of our efforts here at, at Living Hope, partnering with World Vision and the work they're doing around the world. And, uh, and then a couple, uh, let's see, we're two weeks away from Mother's Day. I just got to see the little gifts that moms are going to be getting, some little books that are really cool. Um, but, uh, but then after Mother's Day, the Sunday after that, May 16th, uh, starting a new little message series on questions that you guys have, that your friends have, questions that are in the air uh, that we just can't avoid. And uh, so if you have questions that you would like to see answered here at the church, things that you're wondering, like, okay, where exactly does our church stand on this issue or that issue? Or what does the Bible have to say? Or what does God think about this or people going through that? Uh, if it's a big question, great. If it's a tough question, okay. If it's awkward, don't put your name on it, okay? That's fine, you know. Although, I actually, honestly, I would love for you to put your name on it. I won't tell anybody else. You can do that little livinghope.info slash connect thing, or you can write on a welcome card. I love it when your name is on there, because then I get to follow up with you and say, like, let me make sure I'm understanding the question, right? I want to make sure I really do address your question, and not just the question I think you're asking. So, please, ask away. If you have situations that have come up in the last year, it's been about a year and a half since we've done one of these series. Uh, if you have questions, things that have come up in the last year, uh, or just things that you've been facing, you're, you're wanting to hear, you know, how do we as a church address this? You know, are, are we on the same page with this? Or where do we, where do we land on this? Um, please, ask away. I'm looking forward to that. I, these are the kind of things, we've done them periodically throughout, uh, throughout our years. And uh, we've done these periodically uh, over the 20, almost 21 years as a church uh, because we want to be addressing the things that we really need to know, right? Jesus didn't show up and just talk about like theoretical stuff. He talked about the, the situations people were really facing, the questions they were really asking. Um, Christianity as a faith you know, has to do with the lives that we live here and now with our neighbors. How are we loving our neighbors? How do we love them well? Uh, so uh, I love doing these kinds of things, and I'm a big believer in asking questions. Um, questions don't scare God. They don't scare me. Uh, we're here to help people explore Christian faith and all that that might mean. So if you're exploring and you've got questions, uh, or if you have friends that are exploring Christian faith and you're like, I, they've got this question and I just am not sure how to answer this, please pass it along. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, this summer and getting to spend some time with some of our questions. Uh, but today uh, we're continuing this little series about uh, living the fruitful life. Uh, it's amazing to me. It's, I'm so thankful that God is actively engaged in our lives, helping us to to be fruitful, helping us to, to live a life that's full of the, the kind of fruit that you see here in your notes, or I think it'll be on the screen. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
these are uh, the kinds of things that come out of us as we follow the Holy Spirit's lead in our lives. We talked last week about how each and every day we're planting little seeds. Either seeds, uh, according to the Apostle Paul there in his letter to the Galatians, we're either planting seeds that please the Holy Spirit, little seeds of obedience, little moments where the Spirit nudges us and says, you know, you really ought to talk to them. We say, okay, fine, that's scary, but I'll do it. Or, you know, uh, gives us that little bit of wisdom we need as we're making a decision, reminds us of, of how Jesus might address the situation. All the time, we're, we're making little decisions that are planting seeds that will bear fruit later. Our decisions have consequences. We reap what we sow. And, uh, and in Galatians, he says, if you sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. If you sow to please the flesh, that's that selfish way of living where it's all just about me, he says, from that, you end up reaping destruction. That's not a good thing. He said, it's a good thing to, to follow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that's given us life, the Spirit that's, that's uh, uh, helped the resurrection life of Jesus and his victory over sin and death has helped that connect with our lives, helped us to be free, helped us to be alive where we were dead helped us to get free of some of those nagging sins that had held us back and were destroying us. So let's keep in step with that Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit that gives us life. Let's keep following God's Holy Spirit. And when we do, we see more and more love and joy and peace and all the rest um, born in our lives. So I want us to go back today to this uh, passage from John chapter 15 where Jesus uses this image with his disciples. This is the night that he's about to give his life, all right? Well, sorry, he gives his life the next day. This is the night he's about to be arrested, goes through the midnight trial with the religious leaders and then handed over to the political leaders and together they find a way to put him on a Roman cross and to kill him. And so this is Thursday night as he's with his disciples and he's spending some time talking with them about... Uh, you know, who he is and who they are and trying to help them. He's trying to plant these pictures in their minds that will stick with them uh, after he is no longer with them. And they have. That's why John writes this down, because it's stuck with John. He remembers that Jesus said, this is what the life that, um, that I've given you is, is like. Jesus says to his disciples, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. We're going to come back in just a minute to some words that are used right there. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Oh. Uh, one thing I love about this, and there's a lot in there that I'll admit I don't understand how it all works exactly. Um, there's a lot in there that is just kind of me, and we're going to talk a little bit like, oh, here's how I understand what he's saying there. But at the very least, at the kind of basic level, one of the things that I see from this is that our Heavenly Father is actively involved in our lives, that he is at work, that he wants us to bear fruit. He wants us, he doesn't want us to be just a dry stick, right? He wants us to be a fruitful branch connected to the vine. And so uh, if we're a dry stick, well, then those, you know, like he says, get gathered up or whatever. But if we're connected to Jesus, and we're, but we're struggling to bear fruit. He doesn't just say, well, forget that one. No, no, he, he prunes that. He, he cleans it so it'll be even more fruitful. He's always actively engaged in our lives, trying to help us. I said that I'd come back to some of those words right there. Um, 
Anytime we're translating from one language to another, some things get lost, some wordplay gets missed, uh, that sort of thing. Your Bible probably, mine, mine does, uh, well, let me just admit, my Bible now is online, right? Uh, it's in my pocket. Uh, it's on my computer. And most of the translations that I was looking at in preparation for today had a little footnotes connected to a couple of these words, like where it says, um, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Bink, little, little footnote there. So it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean. Bink, little footnote thing there. And if you click on those... What it says is the Greek words for prunes and cleans like it's the same root word, right? So I want to just pull this out for you. Uh, first, the, the cuts off word, you know, this word about he removes or he takes away these branches that appears before that in verse 2, he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. The Greek word there is ire, and uh, I'm not going to pronounce these right at all, okay? Sorry, it's been too long since my uh, college and seminary Greek classes. But, um, but you can see there, A-I-R-E-I is kind of how we would transliterate that into English, ire. It's like, okay, we're taking that away. We're picking that up. We're removing that. Well, then he gets that word prunes, and it's the Greek word kathire. It's like the same word with the little thing at the beginning, kathire. Meaning like, okay, he's taking away the extra stuff on that branch that would be sucking that life away and distracting, and instead he wants to focus that life into those, you know, into the fruit, right? We talked about that a little bit a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about a little bit more today how the importance of pruning, you know, so that it can be more fruitful. The goal is for more fruit, better fruit. The goal is not less. It's removing some things that would distract all the sap, the life that's flowing through that branch, that would distract it away from fruit, and it focuses that energy, that life, into the fruit so it'll be more fruitful. And then Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And it's like, what's that got to do with anything? We're just talking about branches and fruit and pruning the branch and all that. Okay, and now you're already clean. Who said anything about clean? Well, that's like the same word there, all right? It's, uh, It's just like an adjective form of the verb that he had just used. You can see the Greek is like katharos or something. So kathire is like, is like saying he's cleaning or he's pruning, and then katharos says you're, you're clean, you're pure. So some different translations, if you read different English translations, do a better or worse job of that, but the vast majority of them just, they use prune in the first place and clean in the second, and just put a little big footnote there to try to help us understand. Uh, one of them, I think, said, uh, instead of pruning, said he trims clean, you know, the branches that are bearing fruit, so they'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean or trim clean by the word that I've spoken to you. So it's the same idea. He's saying the same thing. Like, this has already happened for you, disciples, because of the words that I've spoken to you. So we'll get into some of that in just a minute. But again, at the basic level, we see a God who is involved in our lives with the desire to see us be more fruitful. Uh, the picture in my head has been like a coach. Those of you who play sports, and I know we've got some of you in here, big you know, sports players, especially some of the younger folks, um, you know this better than I do, that, you know, your, your hope is always that the coach that you've got is someone who cares about you and cares about improving your gameplay, right? Uh, that the coach doesn't just say, ah, oh, you're not getting it done, so here, you're out, you go in, right? But you have a coach that during practice is watching you and is seeing your technique and is saying, oh, man, if you would just, you know, you're doing great, you're getting lots of shots or whatever, you know, uh, your swing is okay. But if you would do this, if you would hold like this, if you, would, if you would just make this adjustment, I think you'll see your percentage going up. You know, there are tweaks that you can, be ma- that, you can make that takes a coach actively involved and interested in helping you improve. And that's the kind of thing I see here is a God that is looking at our lives and isn't just satisfied to say, Oh, good, you got faith in Jesus, you're connected to him, my life is in you, great. All right, moving on to other more important things now. This is a God who's watching us, who's saying, hmm, you know what, this is good, but it could be better. You know what, there's, there's good stuff happening in your life, but you know what, this is still kind of dragging you down or slowing you up a little bit. Or, oh, you know what, if you, would just, if you would just do this, if you would just approach that person a little bit differently, if you would just adjust this attitude, if you would just make this tweak, then your life, you would see so much more joy. You'd see so much more peace. 
you could find yourself being able to exhibit more patience with that person if you'd, if you'd make this adjustment, make this tweak. And so this at the very basic level, Jesus is describing a God who is like a heavenly father. Our heavenly father is, is this one who cares about us and is watching us and wants to help us to grow and improve and to be more fruitful. And so a couple times in that second paragraph, he says, you know, you'll bear much fruit if you stay connected to me. You know, if my words remain in you, you'll bear, you'll bear much fruit. This will be to my father's glory. It'll show that you're my disciples because there's going to be much fruit born in your life. God didn't send his son Jesus into the world to die for your sins and to rise again, defeating sin and death, so you could just kind of barely squeak by and just barely kind of make it into heaven someday when you die, right? He did this so that your life could be transformed, so that you could be someone who lives in the world bearing all kinds of good fruit, life-giving fruit for the people around us. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, too, that this fruit isn't just for me. It's not just so that I can have more peace in my heart. So that I can be a peacemaker, so that I can offer peace to others. It's not just so that I can experience more joy sitting there alone in my room or in my car or whatever. He wants this, this is joy that he produces in my life so that I can help others experience more joy. This is him at work in us, through us, for the good of the world. And this is, this is a God who's actively engaged to help us to do that. And one of the things that, that helps us, that gets gotten mentioned a couple times in here, uh, Jesus said, you're already clean, you've already been pruned, you've already, you know, you're already being, you know, improved fruitfulness is already happening in your lives, disciples, as he's talking to them that night, because of my word that I've spoken to you, or the words that I've said, the message that I've given you. You've been listening, you've been with me, you've been with me, some we think for three years that these guys follow Jesus around and listen to him teach, enough that it's stuck in their brains so that they could tell others what Jesus taught, and eventually they wrote it down, and we've got it now in our Bibles, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all these different, their, their recollections, their memories of, here's how Jesus said it, and here's what, here's what made a difference to me. And so I want to make sure I pass this one along to you. You know, just like we all remember the things that matter to us, these guys remembered the things that matter to them. And for some of them, it was different. And so it's no surprise that John remembers some things that, and mentions some things that Luke doesn't, or that Matthew says some things in a little different way than, than Mark does. Because these are real people who have heard a real message that has helped them, that has changed their lives and now they're passing it along to us. And this word that Jesus is speaking to us today, that his Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts as we listen to the scriptures, it has the chance to, to change us, to shape us, to make us more fruitful people. Uh, this idea of uh, his word being something that uh, I'm kind of picturing like, okay, when I, when I have to try to prune, I, I've admitted a couple weeks ago, I don't do good with this. I don't do this well, right? We've got a, two peach trees and a pear tree in our backyard, which are beautiful right now because i got all these little pink flowers on the peach trees and white flowers on the pear trees, and I'm looking at it and thinking, oh man, is every one of those flowers going to turn into fruit? If so, there is no way. I'm too late. I've already missed the boat. It's too late to prune this back and do a good job with it this year. You know, there are going to be a, 500 pears way too high for us to ever reach that are going to suck some of the life out of this tree, and they're going to be hard, and they're going to fall, and I'm going to hit them with the mower, and it's not going to be good. All right. I've already missed my chance to have, like, good pears this year, I think. I should really reach out to some of you who are, like, master gardener types. Some of you in this church have, like, amazing flowers and things like that. I should really let me know. If you're good at this stuff and you can teach me, would you let me know? Uh, We might be able to have a a better uh, next year this time. I may be able to have something better to say. But um, I'm thinking about this idea of him trimming us clean or pruning, and I'm thinking... Yeah, you do that with, like, knives, right? You do that with, like, a saw. You do that with stuff that's, like, it cuts 
I'm sure it's not pleasant for the branch, right? To be like, hey, that was mine. I was going to do something with that. And ah, you just removed it from me. Thank you so much, right? Having something removed from our lives is never, well, I want to say it's never pleasant. Uh, It's always painful. Even if afterwards we might be thankful for it, right? Even if afterwards you're glad the surgeon cut that away, for the time being, it's like there's recovery involved. Right? Stacy just had a minor knee surgery this last Wednesday. She's still in some pain from it, right? Not overwhelming, thank you. You know, I know we talked about that a little bit, Joe. He's had similar knee surgeries. But um, uh, not overwhelming, but she's still recovering, right? But the hope is that when, this is when the recovery is over, that she'll be so glad because the knee pain she was experiencing is going to be gone, right? So even though it might be painful for a while, the hope is that this is for our good, that this is going to result in something better down the road, but that doesn't make it any less painful when it happens, some of you have gone through some real pain in your lives. You've had some things removed from you. And uh, sometimes it was bad stuff, you know, like something like a surgery that cuts out a cancer or cuts off something, you know, that you're like thankful that that's gone. Sometimes it's something bad that you're like kind of thankful, like, God, thank you. I was asking you to, to help me with that situation. You have removed that from me now. I'm thankful to you. It's still not fun, but I'm glad that that's gone. Other times, frankly, it's something that you're like, but no, I was looking forward to that. I mean, that was, that was going to be a good thing. You know, just like a branch might be trying to make all kinds of fruit, and the gardener says, well, no, none of that fruit's going to be edible unless I trim these away, and you can focus your energy into this one. Then it will be good. So sometimes it's, it's things in our lives that we think, but God, why, why did that have to be taken away? Why couldn't I continue down that road? I was looking forward to that. I thought that's where I was supposed to be going. And God closes the door, or God removes it from us, and that's painful as well. I was just thinking, though, about how um, sometimes my boys are not ready to give something up when it's time to, right? Like, you can play with that toy for the next little bit. We've gotten these little uh, Amazon tablets that they can play games on and stuff like that. And um, they're, like, made for kids. they got all this rubberized stuff around them. Anyway, um, they love them. They don't love getting, letting go of them, right? So... Uh, we can tell them, like, okay, you got 10 minutes, you got 15 minutes or whatever, and, and you get to the end of that, and I'm even warning them, like, okay, five more minutes, you know, two more minutes, you got to have to turn that over, because we got other things to do, we got places to go, and when it comes to the end of it, it's like, you know, they don't want to let go of that thing, right? Sometimes, every now and then, we figure out a way that they're like, and it thrills my heart, when they're like throwing them at me, they're like happy to, you know, give it up so they can move on to the next thing, that's a good thing, you know, but every now and then, I'm basically having to pry it from their fingers, right? And, uh, and that's not fun for them. You know, it hurts when we have something ripped away from us. It hurts a lot less when we have open hands and are saying, okay, if you need to take this, you, you can. I hope that, that for me, I hope, God, I hope you help me to live my life in such a way that I recognize, okay, God, I, I want your will to be done, not just my will. That's how Jesus prayed, I think, right, in the garden. Your will be done, not mine. And God, all of my life belongs to you, so if, if there are things in my life that you need to remove from me, okay, my, my hands are open to you. You know, I hope that we don't live our lives in such a way that we, like, resist God and cling to things that God is saying to us, no, no, you've got to let go of that. It might be good, it might be bad. I mean, sometimes it's the sins in our lives we have the hardest time letting go of. Those things that, like, but, but God, I, I need that. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. I mean, I've given all the rest of my life to you, but this one little area, I, I, I need to hang on to this. You know, I, I don't know how to let go of that. And God will be as gentle as he can be for as long as he can be until he knows finally, he's like, look, you keep holding on to that thing. It is going to kill you or it's going to kill that relationship or it's going to 
This is doing you more harm than good. There is fruit, there is goodness that I want you to experience in this life. You're going to have to let go of it. And if God has to rip it from our fingers, it's a lot more painful than if we come to a place of saying, okay, God, I, I get it. I'm yours. You, you want what's good for me. I will let you take it. Can we live our lives with open hands to God? Can we live our lives humbly acknowledging, okay, God, you're the gardener. I'm, I'm a branch. You know, I don't necessarily know what's best for me. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best just to stay connected to the vine, just to stay connected to Jesus. And God, I'm trusting that you are going to help me to, to bear the fruit that you know I need to bear, to, to be the person that you created me to be. And God, I'm willing to submit to your green thumb. I'm willing to submit to your, your blade. I'm willing to listen to your word, to let it speak to me. And if you need to cut me, if you need to cut some things out of my life, okay. If that's what it takes for me to be clean, if that's what it takes for me to be fruitful, if I need to endure some, some temporary pain, then, then I will. I included for you there uh, uh, some verses from Hebrews. Actually, I guess just one. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that uh, I couldn't escape. It was in my head as I was uh, preparing where it says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Saying when God speaks to us, it can cut. I was picturing, okay, God's word, if it trims us clean, it, it's cutting us sometimes, and, and sometimes it does. Sometimes we're Maybe you're sitting here on a Sunday, if I'm doing my job right, that happens every now and then, you know, but, uh, but God can speak all, all sorts of times, right? You, you get alone with God's word, you're reading it prayerfully, inviting God to speak, and sometimes God does. And sometimes it's not a word of encouragement. <laughs> and sometimes it's not a word from God saying like, you're doing great, keep up the good work. Sometimes what God has to say is words of challenge. Sometimes God is pointing out something in it, and it does cut us. It judges our thoughts and attitudes. Sometimes he's saying, look, you've been handling this thing all wrong. You've got to go to that person and apologize. You have been on a path for too long that's taken you this way. You need to make a change. You don't need that thing that you think you need. You just need to trust me that I'm leading you in a good direction. Sometimes the word of God speaks and it cuts. And again, we can resist that or we can submit to that. We can say no to God and sometimes God will, you know, honor that request, that demand. And next time we go to God's word and we're listening for him speaking, it might be a little harder for us to hear. And we keep saying no to God. Over time, we kind of build up a callus. We, over time, we kind of build up a hardness to our hearts. And God's going to have to, you know, rip something from our fingers or really going to have to cut for us to finally hear him again. You know, I would rather live my life with open hands. I would rather live my life with a soft and open heart. I said, okay, God, you speak. I'll listen. You know, if we, if we look just at the words that Jesus said, I mean, he said plenty of things that, that do, that are difficult for us, right? Things that make us clean, things that make us fruitful, things that are, are difficult but are necessary, right? I don't know if anything's jumping to your mind. I mean, the, the whole love your enemies thing jumps immediately to mine, right? Because that doesn't come naturally for any of us, I don't think. I think every one of us, somebody hits us, we want to hit them back, right? I, I get to see that demonstrated every day with twin five-year-olds, you know? Um, and that's the same for all of us, right? Someone is rude to us, mean to us. We don't want to turn around and, like, 
Look for a way to serve them in love, you know. Jesus says, pray for those who hurt you. Bless those who curse you. Like, that, no, no, that's not, I don't want to do that at all, Jesus. What are you talking about? No, I want to, I want to get away from them. I want, to, or I want to hurt them back until they kind of see, see what it feels like, right? Yeah? And Jesus says, no, love your enemies. Love those people who voted differently from you in the last election. Love those people who are actively working against you at work, you know, trying to undercut you, trying to, you know, get that promotion that, you know, you're in line for. Love that, that neighbor who keeps letting his dog do the stuff in your yard and not caring about it. And, you know, that's like silly stuff, right? I mean, some of you have got real-life enemies. Enemies who have... Oh, inappropriate words there, sorry. Uh, enemies who have done stuff to you that um, you don't want to talk about. And you would rather I not talk about on a Sunday morning because it was painful and it hurt. And here Jesus says, I need you to love that person. You know, he's, he's cutting away our desire for revenge. <laughs> he's cutting away our, the, the bitterness that would grow if we, can, if we keep just fixating on the harm that they did to us. He's helping us to be more fruitful when it comes to things like love and kindness, even self-control, <laughs> keeping ourselves from doing what we'd like to do to that person. You might have others, things that Jesus, that's just the one that comes immediately to my mind, things that Jesus has said that if we listen to him and we actually trust him and we actually do what he says, it's like, oh, wow, that's not going to be easy. That's going to be a challenge. That's going to be hard but that's what he says helps to clean us prunes us it cuts away the things that need to be cut away reminds me a little bit of um, of later in the book of hebrews in hebrews chapter 12 says therefore we're since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith another sports analogy two in one morning wow that, you don't get that often from me um, where the author here is, is saying like this is like a race and we're running and we've got if we're dragging along with us junk if we're dragging along with us sins that that tangle us up i'm picturing a runner that, like with the shoes untied you know and it's like i'm gonna get tripped up here i'm gonna fall down this is not good you know or a runner trying to run if, if any of you have have uh run a longer race um i'm looking for i'm hoping that next year not this fall, but next year I'm hoping to run the marathon again with Team World Vision, the Chicago Marathon. We'll see. I know right now we've got some folks at church that aren't in, in the room, so I'm looking at you right out there, uh, who are preparing for marathons, who are going to run Indianapolis this November. And, um, man, you run more than like a couple of blocks, you don't want to be carrying a bunch of extra weight with you, right? Now, sometimes when you run a marathon, you've got to carry some, like, nutrition stuff or whatever with you. Thankfully, if you, like, run Chicago, every couple of miles, they've got a table with, like, you know, Gatorade and bananas and whatever else, you know, so you don't have to carry a whole, you don't have to carry, like, a backpack of sustenance with you to make it through this, the four or five hours you're going to be running 26 miles through the city. Because you don't want to run with a backpack on. You want to get as light as you can because you've got to carry that for however far you're running. That's what he's saying. Look, we've got a whole bunch of people watching. And in Hebrews, he's just spent a whole chapter, chapter 11, 
walking through the, the story of the Old Testament and people who have, have had faith in God before, who have trusted God and God has been faithful. And uh, so he's saying, it's like they're all watching. They're all cheering in the stands. They've all made it to the finish line already. And they're, just, they're watching you come down the, the home stretch and they are cheering. So he's saying, let's get rid of all the stuff that would slow us down, including those sins that would entangle us. But not just sins, everything that would hinder us and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I was just thinking that, that similar image in my head of a runner like stripping off extra weight and God stripping off the extra things from the branch that are going to slow it down, that are going to not let it be as fruitful as it would be otherwise, that are going to distract it from, from God's good plan and from the good fruit that God wants to grow there. You know, if we see it with the end in mind, it makes it a whole lot easier to endure. All right? If we see that, like, okay, God, I, I'm trusting you. You know what's best for me. And so if you're telling me i got to let go of this habit, if you're telling me uh, that even that, that good thing in my life, that, that you're going to remove this from me and that it's for my good ultimately, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that in the end this is going to result in bigger, better fruit, that in the end my life is going to be one that's full of more love and joy and all the rest, these things that I want for me just like you want them for me. God, I'm going to trust you. When I see the end of that road, it makes it a lot easier to, to endure the, the difficulty along the way. That's what, I don't have, didn't have room to put all of it in there for you, but in Hebrews chapter 12, it, can, it continues, and we, sorry, I don't have it on the screen, don't have it in the notes, but right after he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, um, he says, uh, oh, where is it? I thought I had it in front of me here. Oh, I don't. I've got Hebrews 4, not Hebrews 12. So right after that, he says, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross, scorning its shame, that Jesus kept on going, kept on persevering, and he encourages us then to persevere. If you read the rest of Hebrews 12 later, uh, he talks about this as like, uh, it's like a discipline. He says, God is treating his children, endure hardship. When you go through hardship, well, I've got verse 7 in there, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. He says he, he cares about you, and so he's not going to let you just run wild, and you know, no, he's going to discipline you. And he, there's a little bit in between what I've got in your notes where he says, you know, we've all had parents who disciplined us for our good, and we respected them for it, right? We we're thankful that they disciplined us in some way. Now, some of you I know, you had parents who went overboard with it or that didn't do it well, and you do not respect the way that they disciplined you growing up, right? The acknowledgement is that none of us parents are perfect. My parents weren't perfect. I'm not a perfect parent. We do our best, but even then, we fall short. But God, he says, disciplines us for our good, and then it says in verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. He goes back to an agriculture metaphor there. Great. A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. If I have learned to submit myself to God, if I have learned to allow God to do that difficult work in me, if I have endured hardship as something that God can use for my good, as a, as a form of discipline, like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you even in this circumstance, then that results in a, in a harvest of righteousness and peace, he says. If we let God do that difficult pruning, cleaning work, if we listen to his word and, and obey it and do what he says, then it, it produces blessing, it produces good fruit in our lives. Uh, this is just reminding me of... Uh, of James uh, in his letter. Uh, you've got it there, and we've got it in our New Testament. It's just like five chapters long, and I don't have any of this in, in the notes or anything for you. But, um, but James talks about uh, even giving thanks in the midst of difficulty. 
because it, it builds our endurance. It, you know, we're able to grow through difficulty. And he talks about God's word and how we have to listen to it and do what it says, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. That for God's word to make a difference in our lives, we have to do something with it. You know, all of you right now are in the room, you're hearing the words I'm saying. You know, we've all heard some words of scripture, right? Those of you who are watching online, you've, you've, you've read some scripture, you've heard some scripture, we've all heard it, but are we going to do something with it, right? Uh, Jesus says the great analogy in the Sermon on the Mount of someone listens to my words and puts them into practice, like someone who builds a house on the rock on a solid foundation. When the storms of life come, they beat against the house, but the house and the house stands. Somebody who hears it and doesn't do anything with it, it's like building your house on sand. When the storms come and they always come, the house goes, falls with a great crash, right? Jesus says we've got to do something with what he says. James, his brother, says something very similar in the letter that we've got in our New Testament. He says, if you just hear the word and don't do anything with it, you're like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and walks away forgetting what they look like. Uh, I just heard uh, Andy Stanley, um, you know, pastor of a big church down in, in uh, Georgia, uh, talk about that passage. <laughs> he says, it's like us in the morning going to our mirror and looking and saying like, I need to do some work on my appearance, right? I look in the mirror in the morning, I think, I really need to shave. I really need to do something to my hair. My face needs work. My appearance needs work. You know, before I go out and be seen by people, I got to do some stuff to myself. He said, hearing God's word and not doing anything with it is like walking away from that, putting our bathrobe on and just going to work without doing anything about our appearance. And I don't think most of us would do that. Some of you maybe. Most of us would not, right? You'd be like, no, no, I at least got to do something. I got at least got to run a comb through my hair. I got to do something, you know. I got to at least, you know, not go to work in what I slept in, you know. Um, and that's what James is saying. Like, to, to hear what God says and not do anything with it, it's like looking in a mirror and just walking away and doing nothing with it. But he says, what James says is, if you hear God's word and do it, that person will be blessed in what they do. We'll receive the blessing of God as we hear his word and put it into practice. That's where the harvest of righteousness and peace comes in. That's how we find ourselves pruned and more fruitful than we would have been otherwise as we listen to what God has to say and we say, yes. We listen to what God has to say and we say, okay, that's what I'll do. As we hear Jesus say, you got to love those enemies and, and we don't just say, yeah, I know I should. Sorry. But instead we say, okay, God, help me to do it. Help me to love that person today. And we begin with what Jesus says, just praying for them, right? God, please, would you help that person to have a better day than they might have otherwise? And God, if there's something I can do to help them have a better day than otherwise, okay, I guess I will. And God can help us to, to put into practice the words that he said to us, these words that, that cut us, these words that, that clean us, that help us to become the fruitful people he wants us to be. It's not easy. It's not without pain. But our Heavenly Father is this gardener who is actively involved and is doing this for our good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God loves you? <laughs> do you believe that God wants the best for you and for the world? Do you believe that God wants to grow some good fruit in your life and not just a little bit, not just some, you know, little tiny fruits that are like, eh, I guess it's edible, you know? No, but do you believe that God really wants your life to be like overflowing with love and joy and peace and patience, all the rest? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you believe that God wants you to be the kind of person who can make a difference in the world? for him, for his good, or his love and his life and his grace can flow through you into the lives of others. If you believe this, then we've got to submit to our 
gardener dad who sometimes is going to be doing some pruning work, doing some cleaning work. Sometimes he's going to be speaking words to us that we need to hear and to obey. I mentioned um, in, your, in your notes anyway, I put a little C, Psalm 119. Sorry for those of you that are watching online, you don't get to see that. But Psalm 119 is just filled with, uh, it's, it's, it's this huge, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 150 verses because this psalm is this giant acrostic poem that uh, every paragraph of, uh, I forget, like eight verses, all, the, all those verses start with the, the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it'd be like us having, you know, eight verses starting with A, eight verses start with B, eight verses all the way through all 26 letters of ours. They had 22, and uh, I think it's eight verses. So if you add that up, no. Anyway, I'm probably getting that wrong. Anyway, it's 150 verses long. It's long. And like every verse mentions God's word in some way. uses lots of synonyms. They grabbed their thesaurus. They were talking about God's word in as many ways as they could. Um, And... uh, I just want to pray this. I, I, I prayed this prayer with you on Friday. If you watch the little daily prayer videos, I don't have this on the screen. I didn't, I didn't get that done. Uh, but I just want to begin our prayer today with this prayer that's adapted several verses taken from Psalm 119. Can we bow our heads and pray together? Lord, you are my portion. I have promised to obey your words. I've sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hurry and not delay to obey your commands. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. God, thank you. Thank you for the ways that... um, You are involved in our lives, helping us to be as fruitful as we possibly can be, to bear as much good fruit for ourselves and for the world as you know we can. God, to to get us there, you have to do some, some difficult, painful work in us. You have to cut us loose from some sinful habits and some things that have slowed us down and have held us back and And God, we know that we need to turn from sin as we turn toward you. We know that you don't want us dragging that stuff along. We we know that you want better for us than that. So God, today, would you help us to to agree with you about those things in our lives that, that you're telling us are sinful and that need to be let go of? Would you help us to turn from them and to turn toward the loving embrace of our Heavenly Father who who empowers us to live a new way, to establish new patterns, new behaviors, new attitudes, new ways of of living with the people around us. God, would you help us to pay attention to your word, to what you are saying to us? Would you help us to hear your Holy Spirit as you speak? And as we do, as we hear you, would you help us to say a hearty yes? Would you help us to look forward to the life that you have for us, uh, the good life that is in front of us, 
to, to be willing to step out with that spirit of adventure, uh, eager to see where it is that you will lead us as we trust you. God, we know that your goal is for us to be better, more fruitful. You want to improve our game, not, not diminish it. So God, please, would you, would you help us to trust you? And especially in those times where we, we find ourselves going through difficulty, where we find things being, being cut away that we, were, we thought they were good, God, and they were good, but you knew that that was not the direction that you wanted us to go, and you, you knew that that was going to be a distraction to us. You knew that that was going to keep us from bearing the good fruit that we need. God, we know from your word that you can use anything, that you're working in all circumstances for our good. There is no bad thing we can experience that you cannot redeem, that you cannot turn into something useful for us as we trust you. So God, today I especially pray for those who are hearing my voice who are going through great painful difficulties right now. God, we, we find ourselves wanting to ask why. We find ourselves looking for causes and, we, and we, we aren't always able to get those answers. We don't always know why we experience some of the bad things that we experience, some of the hurt, some of the pain, some of the grief. But God, we know that you love us and we know that you're with us and we know that you can use even that as something for our good. So would you, God, would you train us through these difficulties? Would you discipline us? Would you help us to grow? Would you help us to, to trust you and to find ourselves able to bear even more fruit, even better fruit, because we have trusted you through this difficulty? God, would you grant strength? Would you grant courage? And would you grant faith to continue to trust you in the midst of the trial? And would you give us hope, God? Would you give us a, a hopeful vision of the future you are leading us toward? Of the life that we can live? Of the fruit that can be born? As we trust in you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the words of Jesus, for the example of Jesus. As he demonstrated for us, as we read a moment ago, this, this willingness. He is the one who has set the pace for us in terms of trusting you, having faith in you. He went all the way to the cross, trusting in you, Heavenly Father, crying out for you, praying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Please take this cup from me, yet not what I will, not what I want, but, but your will be done. Would you help us to live with a similar kind of open hands to you, Heavenly Father? for your kingdom to come, not mine, for your will to be done, not mine. Would you lay before us the, the joy? Jesus saw the joy that was set before him and that enabled him to endure the cross and scorn its shame. Would you set before us a, that hopeful vision of the, of the joy that is coming so that we can trust you just like Jesus did? Thank you, God, that we get to celebrate this sacrament together today. Where we offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice. We pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here among us, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior, the faithful one, in his body and in his blood. We offer you ourselves. 
we recognize today that we are simply branches connected to the vine, thankful for your life flowing through us, and thankful, God, that you are actively engaged to make us even more fruitful. God, we, we offer ourselves to you and pray that by your Spirit's work in our lives that we might be changed from the inside out, that we might live in this world as your kids, as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. and Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, We prepare our hearts for communion today. Uh, If you're here in the room, then we've got the little cups with the bread and the juice inside. And if you're gathered with us online, uh, now is a great time, if you haven't already, to gather together some some elements, some bread, some juice, uh, so that we can celebrate communion together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being our solid rock. Thank you for being with us through the storms. Thank you for using even those storms for our good. Thank you that on the night that you were betrayed, as you celebrated that Passover meal with your disciples, you took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, and said, this is my body given for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat the bread. After the meal, you took the cup and gave thanks, gave it to your disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our true vine for sharing with us your life, your grace, your love, and letting it flow through us to produce good and life-giving fruit for the world. We are so grateful. Fill us today with your Holy Spirit so that what comes out of us as we live this life will look like you and your love and your grace. Thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.